Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was music uh, from Kurt Vile, and that was uh, Believe I'm Going Down. And we'll listen to that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Sheldon Abbott is going to be here at 10 o'clock. He is back, uh, Cure for the Blues. So that's great news for KUCI. And standing by to join me to kick off the show is Betsy West, and along with her producer, co-producer, director, Julie Cohen, they created the film RBG. Good morning. Good morning. Betsy, I, as I mentioned, I really love this film. Thank you so much. Tell me a little backstory about how this all came about. Well, um, I had previously interviewed Justice Ginsburg for a project about the women's movement in about 2011, and my directing partner, Julie Cohen, had also once interviewed her, and in 2015, we noticed that she was becoming something of an internet uh, star with her descents, and she'd been, you know, rebranded the notorious RBG. I saw that. We realized that many people didn't know the full story, and there's just so much more to her beyond her service on the Supreme Court, which is extraordinary, but um, the rest of her life and what she did as a women's rights advocate, and, and, you know, there's a great romance to boot. So we just decided somebody's got to make a documentary about this woman, and it should be us. Now, was it hard to get buy-in from her and other people to to do this? (laughs) Uh, it took a little bit of uh, patience, a kind of step-by-step approach. Mm-hmm. When we first approached Justice Ginsburg, she, which I guess that was in the uh, January of 2015, we wrote her an email uh, suggesting the documentary. We got a very quick email, quick response back, and basically saying not yet. Okay. I mean, at the time, she was 82 years old, and we were thinking, well, you know, if not now, when? When, right. But, but, but then we realized, well, she didn't say no. Yes. So uh, a couple months later, we emailed her again. Hello? To start, start. Oh, I, I lost you there. Oh, dear. Okay. Hi. Go ahead. Do you so, have me back again? Yes, I do. Yeah. Something weird happened. Okay, so a yeah. couple months later, you emailed her again. Later, emailed her again, and, and we gave her a list of people and said, look, we don't have to talk to you right away, but we'd love to start interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wrote back and said, well, I wouldn't be prepared to talk to you for at least two years, but if you are going to be interviewing uh, uh, people you might want to consider, and then she listed three more names. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, we thought, well, she's uh, opened the door here a little yes. bit, and we just decided to walk in and, and uh, start filming. Amazing. She, she's such an interesting woman because she's quiet, as, as uh, she was taught, you know, don't be angry in the room. She's very thoughtful with her words. I mean, what kind of things did you learn about her? Yeah. Well, somebody described her in the in the movie. She's recessive in a way. She is a very shy person. Right. Um, but all behind that reserve is a very steely and determined person. So her approach to any kind of challenge is extremely thoughtful and strategic. She mm-hmm. isn't a yeller or a screamer. Um, she really uh, thinks carefully about 
and very practically about what's going to work. And I really, I really appreciated learning about that because I think in a way um, many of us uh, speak first and uh, think later, and she has the exact opposite approach, and, and I've tried to learn from that. I feel like she's very methodical. She, you know, she takes it in, she processes it, and she comes out with something that's very powerful. Absolutely. And uh, when, you, when you talk to her, it's like that as well. Uh, sometimes, if, even if you ask her, how are you, she'll think for a moment. She <laughs> doesn't engage in idle uh, chit-chat. Yes. And that's been the case since she was younger. Yeah, and it was so fun to interview her childhood friends who really have kept up with her, who adore her, who talk about how charismatic she was as a young woman, but also how she wasn't one for gossip. She wasn't one for, as you say, idle conversations. There's a, there's a, a real reserve to her, yes. and that's been true ever since she was a little girl in Brooklyn. She received great advice from her mom, be independent, uh, and I believe it was, um, I'm trying to think, but it, I think it was be classy or, you know, um, do you remember what those words were? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She said, you know, be, be independent, and um, she also told her, don't, uh, that that anger is a waste of time. Yes, basically. Yes. Um, that that um, she shouldn't be consumed by what she called useless emotions. So I'm sure that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has gotten angry over the years. And of course. I mean, if even now, if you think about um, her situation, where she's in a position where she's very frequently writing dissents mm-hmm. uh, to opinions she doesn't agree with, but um, she does not certainly uh, show her anger. She's, she's much more careful than that. She's responsible for impacting so many women's lives. When I think back to the segment uh, of the Academy, it was it in uh, Virginia? Yeah, the Virginia Military Institute. Well, you know, that was in a way, the, her, her decision as a Supreme Court justice to allow women to uh, try out for the Virginia Military Institute, which was the last of the uh, military academies in this country to allow women to apply. That decision was a, was groundbreaking, but it was really the culmination of the effort she had begun as an attorney. Um, in the early 1970s, she started the uh, Women's Rights Project at the ACLU, and because she had come to understand that there were a series of laws in our country that really treated women as second-class citizens. And, um, you know, women, women couldn't get credit without uh, the permission of their husband. Uh, they didn't have to serve on juries, which maybe sounds like that was a great privilege, but in fact it disadvantaged a woman who was uh, a, a defendant who was going up a, 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 for a charge, let's say, of battering her husband with 12 men on the jury. Uh, there were a number of, of laws that were so discriminatory, and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg devised a strategy to attack those laws systematically uh, in a series of cases that she brought before the Supreme Court. And uh, she won five out of six of them, and she really changed 
American law. She expanded the Constitution to cover women. Yes. Now, what was it like um, getting various people to be included in this film, such as Gloria Steinem? Yeah, you know, people love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gloria Steinem calls her a superhero. Uh, It really wasn't that difficult to book people. Uh, Bill Clinton, I think, thinks that his nomination of uh, Justice Ginsburg is probably the one of the high points of his presidency, so he was willing to talk. Okay. But I'll tell you, the, the most interesting thing is that um, even the conservatives, and we reached out to a number of conservatives, have great respect for her. Uh, Senator Orrin Hatch, oh, I saw Republican that. from Utah, yes, um, he said to us that um, he thinks she's a giant, mm-hmm. that the uh, Supreme Court is better off for having a uh, brilliant liberal justice on the court, and um, I couldn't get him to say a negative word about her, frankly. <laughs> I was trying. He, yes. he just kept, he just kept uh, becoming more and more effusive at the end of the interview. He looked me in the eye and he said, I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> yes. And Scalia, they used to go on vacations, correct? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people, when we started doing this project, people would say, oh, she's not really friends with Antonin Scalia, is she? <laughs> you know, because they are ideological opposites. Right. Uh, Justice Scalia was frequently dissenting on, the, on Justice Ginsburg's opinions and vice versa. They have a very different view of the law. However, they were, they were, in fact, extremely close friends. They went to the opera together. They enjoyed sparring with mm-hmm. each other. I mean, and, and I feel that in this climate, that's one of the, the, one of my favorite parts of the movie is showing these two people with such divergent points of view who are actually able to talk to each other, respect each other, and be friends. Yes. You know what also struck me was her work ethic, because here's a woman whose husband had to say, honey, uh, it's dinner time, honey, it's time (laughs) to get some sleep, and she she would work in the middle of the night, and I thought, this is such a dedicated, hardworking, driven woman. She is. I mean, she loves her work. So that, I mean, it sounds kind of drudgery in a way, Mm -hmm. but... She loves the law, and I think she loves uh, thinking about it. She loves writing, crafting her opinions, and, you know, she has other passions as well. We show in the movie she's a great fan of, of music, the arts, yes. and especially of opera. She attends many, many operas. She's so knowledgeable about the opera. Mm-hmm. At one point, we were filming in Santa Fe at an opera, and... Uh, during the intermission, she came over to talk to Julie and me, and really, she was just analyzing how this performance differed from all the other kinds of performances of this opera. I mean, Amazing. we really, uh, not being opera, um, <laughs> uh, me neither. we really <laughs> didn't understand half of what she was saying. I would just be nodding. so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> I don't know much about opera either. She's brilliant, and I loved how opera was her way of unwinding and escaping from what she does, and that was her bliss. Yeah, and I was so I was thrilled that the Santa Fe Opera allowed us to film her sitting in her seat mm-hmm. and watching. She's just 
in another world, as she says, and yes. you and you see it on her face. Um, it's it's quite a beautiful moment. And it is beautiful how you captured her granddaughter, who graduated from Harvard Law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it turned out that the summer last summer when we were filming, uh, Clara had uh, just graduated from Harvard Law School. She was going to be visiting her grandmother, so we were able to uh, film a scene of the two of them. Clara was showing her pictures of the graduation and just musing on the fact that um, it had taken 200 years for Harvard Law School to admit 50-50 women. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg went to Harvard Law School in the mid-50s, she was uh, one of nine women out of a class of 500. Incredible. So, I mean, sometimes people get discouraged about um, the situation that women face, and certainly with the Time's Up movement and yes. and with Me Too and all the revelations that we've had about the terrible things that have happened to women in the workplace and elsewhere. But I think sometimes, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would point out that uh, we have come a long way. Uh, and that was a lovely moment. We certainly have. And you know what I also love about her? Here she's 85. She's doing planks. She watches SNL. You know, she she is uh, takes these moments to laugh, you know. Um, she really she's seems, got, she's yeah. got a great sense of humor. She And, you know, when we showed her the um, Kate McKinnon impersonation of her mm-hmm. from Saturday, on Saturday Night Live, we didn't tell her ahead of time that we were going to, film her reaction to that. We just said, oh, we have a few clips we'd like to show you. <laughs> so we were kind of holding our breath and wondering, what, what's she going to do? Exactly. And, you know, we pushed the button and started, and she said, is that Saturday Night Live? Because, you know, she <laughs> barely watches television. Sure. We said yes. And she started laughing so hard. I, love I mean, it. we captured it, I think, in the film. It was just such a wonderful moment to see her have a sense of humor about herself. Here's yes. a woman who's making fun of her, and, and she thought it was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it. So yeah. if you're just tuning yeah. in, we're speaking with uh, director-producer Betsy West, who, along with uh, your partner, Julie Cohen, you created this film, yes. RBG. Uh, tell me, what would you like listeners to know? What else would you like them to know about this film? Well, I think you've touched on some of the things that the we we tried to make the film um, be as fun as possible, mm-hmm. really. And and uh, Justice Ginsburg has a great sense of humor, and uh, we we tried to reflect that in the film. At the same time, uh, I think you do learn some things that you didn't know about our very recent history. I mean, I was working uh, at about the same time that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was arguing these cases, I really had no idea what she was doing. I knew, I, you know, of course yeah. I know she's the Supreme Court justice, the second woman on the Supreme Court, but I've had many, many friends come up to me after the film was shown and say, wow, I just, I didn't know that. I didn't know she did all that. So I hope people learn something and have a good time, too. Did you always, Betsy, have a passion for film and storytelling? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked in network uh, television news for a number of years, mm-hmm. um, more on long form, and I worked at Nightline and Primetime Live, and I just kept doing, liking to do longer and more in-depth stories. So, uh, in a way, this film is the culmination of that kind of um, interest. It's, it's my first 
um, uh, feature documentary. And you must be receiving some incredible feedback. Well, yeah, and the best has been at the screenings themselves, uh, the different kinds of audiences who come. I mean, we have eight- and nine-year-old girls who will show up dressed like RBG (laughs) with glasses and little, little collars. It's just so adorable. And then, of course, millennial women who find her to be so inspirational. And then older um, women and men who really understand uh, what she was up against. And, um, you know, I've had some older women come out of the theater crying, and, and mm-hmm. I find that extremely moving. You know, I felt that way towards the end of the film. I felt very emotional for all that she's done, actually. Yeah. Um, she's, uh, it's kind of a cliche, but she's an inspiring person. Yes, yes. So where, so this film has, was it first kicked off in New York or L.A.? or Where was it? Um, well, it was at the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Then it was at a few other festivals. It opened in uh, New York and L.A. and um, a number of other cities at the beginning of May. And then it expanded uh, and, it, you know, was playing in um, hundreds of cities. And I believe it's playing in... Your city now, it is, is that right? It's right down the street at the Edwards University Town Center, because uh, I saw it yesterday. I was looking it up, see where it is locally. I know it's in Long Beach. Uh, if you go, if uh, listeners go to rbgmovie.com, they'll find out more information on it. Is there anywhere else they should be looking? Yeah, no, that'll tell you everything. You can put in your, your uh, zip code, and, and I believe it will be in the theaters for coming weeks. The, the demand has been... Uh, very strong, and I think it is fun to see it in a theater. It's kind of in a community experience. Um, uh, there's there's something very nice about going to it to the film with an audience. I could imagine, as a result of doing this film, that there's part of you that's changed. Maybe you know you probably learned so many different things about you know Ruth along the way. Yeah, I, I it did have an impact on me. I um, completely respect her determination and just to see the example of someone who managed to push through adversity in such an effective, calm and effective way, that that um, certainly sets a model and, and something that does make me think when I'm whining and complaining about my small problems. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just have faith and and, uh, keep going. Yes. Uh, I do want to mention also Ruth had some health problems. And in the film, you'll see her, you know, lifting weights. She's with a trainer. This is a woman that just keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was... uh, that filming her in the gym was something that we very much wanted to do. We didn't ask for her permission to do it until about a year after we'd been working on the film. And she said, yes. And I, at the time I kind of wondered, wow, that's amazing. She's going to let us do that. But, uh, as soon as we got into the gym and just saw the, um, determination with which she tackles her workout routine and, um, I, I kind of understood why uh, she she let us film this. I think she is um, rightly proud of 
being someone who uh, at an advanced age is keeping herself in shape to do the job that she loves. Yes. Yeah, she seems to really take care of her mind, her body, everything. It's a whole package. It is the whole, yeah, her, her spirit with the music, absolutely. Yes, very inspiring. Betsy, I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. Uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, going to the movie and talking about it. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. rbgmovie.com. And okay. I, I put all the info Bye. on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Have a great day. Fantastic. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That was director Betsy West, who, along with uh, her partner Julie Cohen, created the RBG film. Uh, All the info is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow the show, I am also on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and Facebook, KUCI 88.9. We'll take a little break, and then I have another guest calling in at 9.30. Stephen Francis Jones is going to be back on the show. Um, He's going to talk about tiny restaurants. I'm sure you've heard of tiny houses, but he's a very innovative architect, and he's going to talk about what he has going on. Uh, San Francisco Jones Architects is his team, and he's going to be on the show joining us at 930. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.